Hi guys, join us, join in. We're about to start the radio show. It's going to be an interesting one. I hope you tune in. And of course, Bobby always wants to say hi. You always say that. I, I mean, okay, I do want to say hi. He's coming out of his shell, don't worry. <laughs> oh, closet. <laughs> I don't know where I am. But, okay, hi. It's going to be an interesting show. And the music is going to start soon. And uh, what are we going to talk about? Bringing God home. Oh. Creating a church within your home. So... It might lift the environment. You never know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we need God, so we're going to talk about God again. So guys, come on. Come in. <laughs> That's we're waiting for you. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful today. So sunny. God is good. It could be raining. The sky could be ugly. It doesn't have to be beautiful and blue and different colors at different times. God is so good. <laughs> shake it off, shake the fear of feeling lost. Always me that pays the cost. I should never trust so easily. Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, with my amazing partner, Roars. But I, I deleted the amazing again and you put it back. I'll always remember. <laughs> <coughs> Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app, The Cure, on any smartphone, and our website, GodIsTheCure.com. How about the dumb phones? That too. <laughs> as well as live streaming on social media, guys, and all over the world. We're broadcasting live from Miami through satellite, streaming to 37 radio stations among 11 states, and soon after the show on any podcast player, as well as next Sunday on Series XM, Channel 131, the Family Talk Channel. This show deals with suffering and the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward despite any obstacle, with the help of God who enables us to help each other. We provide testimonials to let people know that we're not alone, as well as experts and inspirational speakers who can help. In this show, the testimony started with me having been a survivor from child abuse well into young adulthood. I do believe we all suffer somehow, but with the help of God, we can be a source of healing for each other. For me, God was the only cure, but there are other forms of healing presented as well to service everyone. Life is challenging, 
But there's always hope as long as someone cares. As at least God does. First, I want to say that our thoughts and prayers are with those affected by the COVID-19 and all those who are suffering, trusting that a speeding recovery with all new medications will come and that God will heal this nation. The first song I chose to play so I can give my take is Diamonds by Sam Smith. Some of us really know what it feels like being lost and full of fear, and those who are affected most are the loved ones that are near. There are times I trusted no one, believing every lie. It was a world of hurt to live in, where at one point I hoped to die. But I survived because of those God blessed me with, showed me things I hadn't seen. Despite what I'd, I had been, God's mercy gave me peace within. It didn't matter how little I cared or how dark my ways were. My husband heart stayed caring and never tore. He chose to love me anyway, and I learned God made us for each other, knowing God is loving one another. We can follow him in unity. After all, we are each other's brother. Even in a world that can be cruel, his diamond stays with you. Eventually, we come to realization. Those of us who never quit, the brave, the very few. Not so few. There's <laughs> many now. Right? Hopefully. <laughs> Today, we will discuss how to stay close to God despite these unsure times and the ongoing pandemic, which has resulted for many of us the inability to go to church. A person who who has found a solution will be joining us, John Stuart Hill from findachurch.com. <clears throat> John Stuart Hill is a businessman and an award-winning entrepreneur with his Dallas-based company, The Good Contractors List. He is married with his wife, Cindy, who is now CEO of the company. He has two children, three stepchildren, and five grandkids. He is currently a founder and CEO of Central Storehouse and working in full-time ministry for free. John, or as they say, Brother John, welcome mm -hmm. to The Cure. It's wonderful to have you. You're live. Thank you so much for having me here, Amy. I really appreciate it. John, would you share with us, do you have a story of redemption for which your passion is to bring others closer to God? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I was raised in, in church, and so uh, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, and so that what I, I struggled with throughout my life was this, this living up to the standard that was required to live. Um, and, and, you know, I was always under the impression that if I didn't live uh, the right kind of life that I was going to go to hell and it was just one of those those um, things that unfortunately religion can tend to do to people and uh, I didn't understand it I didn't understand what grace was I didn't understand what mercy was and so I spent uh, many years running from God um, and I've, I've uh, I had moments where I would try to get back in and and uh, get tight with God and then 
and then I would be on fire for him. And then the next thing you know, uh, I was running the opposite direction. I went through multiple divorces uh, and just was at the end of my rope in, in 2011. Um, I had uh, gone through three divorces already. Um, I was living with my girlfriend. I wasn't sure if I was a Christian anymore. I, I mean, I was really at a very lost stage, and for two solid months, I begged God to kill me. I, I was just like, Lord, I, you know, I, I didn't feel right. I, I, I couldn't, didn't want to commit suicide, you know, because of, of, you know, all the things that I'd been taught throughout my life, you know. And, but I would, I would pray. I was like, God, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I didn't trust going to a brick and mortar church anymore. I, I just, I just didn't believe it anymore. It was just, I was at a very broken state. And for two solid months, I prayed that the Lord would kill me. And in February of 2011, um, I was outside smoking a cigarette and, um, and, and I just kind of, uh, broke up. I, I, uh, I started coughing and, and I was like, I thought maybe I had emphysema or something, you know, from, it was a, during a freeze. And uh, they brought me to the hospital, and uh, they, they, they diagnosed it as pneumonia uh, to start with. And so uh, they admitted me in the hospital. It was one of the greatest freeze that happened here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, went into the hospital, and uh, quite a few hours later, it was right in the middle of the night. Uh, and remember, it was a solid freeze on the road. Uh, the the a doctor came in and was just said, John, do you... Uh, uh, I, I just, this doesn't look like pneumonia to me. Can I take some more tests? And they did some blood work and she came in and she goes, uh, she had just the slightest face and she said, you need to call your family and have them come up here. I'm like, well, it's freezing in the middle of the night. I don't really think it'd be safe for them. And then she's like, no, you really need to. And I was like, well, okay. And so I called my family, not really even knowing exactly what was going on. And I overheard her out in the hall and she said, uh, she was talking with a, one of the nurses, and she said, well, don't you have to get permission from the head, you know, from the director to move him to ICU? And she goes, not in this case. He's tombstone. Apparently, I'd had a massive heart attack, and uh, they were not expecting me to live. It was going to take about an hour for the cardiologist to get there. And on the way to ICU, um, as they're rolling me down the hall, um, I felt for the first time in a long time, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And he said, uh, said well, John, do you want to stay or do you want to go? And I'm rolling down the, I'm rolling down the hall and I'm thinking about things. I'm like, you know what? If I died right now, there's not many people who would even know who I am. You know, uh, who would show up to my funeral? There's very few people who that I've touched in my life. And, um, and so I, I, in that hour's time, I just kind of laid there thinking about life. And I, was, I had been asking to be taken out. I was like, here's my chance. I can repent, <laughs> you know, God can take me home and I'll get to spend, my, spend eternity in heaven. This is, this is the perfect scenario. I had an opportunity to repent in my last hours, but the Lord had this, uh, this pull in my heart, and I kept just hearing, if you decide to stay, I'll give you a purpose. I'll give you a purpose. I had, uh, I, at that time, I had been through, like I said, three divorces. Everything I owned fit in the back seat of my uh little sedan that I had, um, I was at rock bottom, really. And so it didn't look like I had any, any hope, you know, for anything. All I heard was, I will be with you, and, I, and, I, and, and you will have a purpose. So I thought about it, and um, I finally came up with this conclusion, and I said, I said, Lord, 
here's here's the here's the deal. I'd like to stay if that's okay with you. But and I actually gave him some conditions. I said I'd I'd like to be remembered for doing something good. I'd like to live every day, not just be alive. And I'd like to touch as many people as I can while I'm on the earth. And all I can say is, uh, if I could see into the spirit realm, uh, the the Lord would, would was dancing around my bed. But at this time, I had already been prepped for uh, for pe- for them to come in and do whatever they needed to do to find out what caused the heart attack. Um, and I, I just felt peace. I was just like, okay, well, I guess I guess I'm going to stay. And so. Uh, so the, the cardiologist came in. He did, so basically, and you went. So basically, you went from losing faith to realizing that God was everywhere, and we're going to talk about that after this short break. Call us one eight six six thirty four truth if you want to hear or tell us your story. One eight six six thirty four truth. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and the Cure. Amy Cabo and The Cure. This show deals with suffering, the tenacity of the human spirit, and the courage to keep moving forward with the help of God. I want people to know that there's hope. I was forced into my abortion because I didn't think I had a choice. I want people to know there's choices. Well, Amy, my heart is breaking. I just want you to know that I love you and I thank God for you. Amy Cabo and The Cure. Every Saturday at 1 Eastern on The Truth Network. Caught in the moment, not even thinking twice Everything's frozen, nothing but you and I Can't stop my heart from beating Why do I love this feeling? Make me a promise, tell me you'll stay with me If I'm being honest, I don't know where this leads But that's the only question Baby, don't keep me guessing Welcome back. This is Amy Cabo, and thanks for tuning in. Remember that you can listen to the radio show live through our app The Cure with Amy Cabo or later as a podcast. That was my second song, We Can Be Falling by Sam Smith. Here's what I get out of it. We can get caught in the moment, let our emotions take over, and let any doubt run high. As we are frozen, we forget to think twice as we start living a lie. Our hearts never stop beating though, and we remember God's promise. Sometimes we feel his presence, even when we're just a novice. When we give in and surrender to God, we will eventually see that even when the road looks scary and leads to nowhere, at least we are free. It's not being reckless, it's being brave and taking a chance 
even if we keep falling, we feel the adrenaline. It's like being in a trance. When God is our muse, we're not scared of anything. We face every challenge and include God in everything. In every decision we take, unless we have God, we're not our true selves and we become fake. We can't fight this feeling. It's very freeing. So why don't we rise above when it's God we are seeking? We're talking to Brother John Stuart Hill with Find a House Church, helping to connect people who are seeking a more intimate church experience and want to continue to grow the church as they did in the book of Acts, House to House. Haha, I took it from your website, John. So, John, <laughs> you have an amazing story of redemption, which has brought purpose in your life. And in, in these challenging times, in this pandemic, how did the idea about bring, creating a church in your home happen? Well, you know, like I was saying, um, I, after I left, after I left the hospital, I, I really, uh, I, I had a different uh, look on life completely. Uh, you know, it wasn't about religion anymore. Um, I knew that I loved Jesus, and I knew that whatever I had been through religiously uh, was not working. And so, you know, over the, the next decade, this was in 2011 when all this stuff happened, I left there knowing one thing, that I was not here for myself anymore. <laughs> you know, that whatever the purpose was that God said that I had, I trusted Him. I trusted His voice. Uh, just like you said in that 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 last poem there, at, when I when I actually uh, surrendered, that's when everything really started changing. I realized that you know what I really wanted to do was die at that point until I understood that I have a purpose. And so over the next decade, uh, the Lord, well, actually, in, within six months, uh, He instructed me and showed me uh, how to build this company. I, I call, it's called the Good Contractors List out in the Dallas Fort Worth area which is a directory of contractors, um, and nobody trusts contractors. Um, <laughs> but, what, but by listening to his voice, I was able to build a company where we guarantee the work of every contractor on our list, and we, we give the, the homeowner an assurance that if they don't do their job right, that we'll pay to get it fixed. So it was a real stretch and something nobody ever did before, but it was my training ground to listen to what God was going to do next. And this next move, um, the Lord started speaking to me about this about two years ago, that he was going to move the body of Christ outside the walls of the brick-and-mortar church. And all I can say is this is, this is the Holy Spirit leading there. We can count on, if we, if we have accepted Christ as our Savior, that we can hear his voice, and the Holy Spirit can guide us through life. Um, a lot of times we fight that, and we try to live up to a particular pattern uh, so that we can, uh, you know, so that we can somehow earn our salvation or earn or become better Christians. But the fact of the matter is, Jesus is our righteousness and our only righteousness. So um, what is, his, so what is your average church, audience? Do you feel that it's people that have been let down by how some of the traditional teachings have changed, where house church seems like a more honest idea? I, I do believe so. 
because I, I, I know that I left my Catholic Church that's walking distance because the priest misrepresented the Holy Family. He told us shortly after Christmas that the Holy Family, when they fled Egypt to save baby Jesus in the middle of the night, they were illegals because they didn't have papers. Instead, it's a legitimate asylum case. So I go all the way downtown to Jesu, where I feel the priests are more honest. I never thought of a house church. That might be a great idea. Hmm. Well, uh, and if you read the book of Acts, uh, when, when um, the Holy Spirit came and filled the, the people, there were 3,000 added to the church that day. So there were 3,000 that got eternal life on that day. And they established uh, little gatherings in house churches. That's, they gathered in homes. Everywhere you read throughout the Bible, it, uh, the, the, it, it is that they gathered in homes, in the church at so-and-so's house. And, you know, it, um, and so what the, what the apostles did was, was they, they taught, and they, gave, they taught the people to, uh, to teach other people. And that's really what it's supposed to be about. And, and it's supposed to be where every person have a, has a voice. There is nowhere in the Bible where it shows people sitting in rows um, just listening to one person tell them how to follow God. So there's discussion. So it opens up room for discussion. People can actually interchange ideas and and talk about these things. Where now that now you can get an idea of the understanding of the people because you're listening from the people that are present, rather than in church where you're just teaching and you don't know who's getting what and whether or not they're understanding it. So I see where, in a more personal level, it could be more helpful. Absolutely. Uh, you know, whenever you're in a relationship with somebody and you've, and you've got a trusted relationship, uh, then, then you can uh, expose all the darkness that's in your life, uh, it, especially if you know that they are coming from a place of love. But a lot of times it's like the only people that they recognize at church is the pastor who has very little time for anybody. Um, they might recognize a few people that, that, you know, they sit close to because they all kind of sit in the same spot every every Sunday and they might wave and eventually they might say hi to the person. Well, but you know, it might... a relationship beyond that is... It can, it can double up as a great support group where people are more familiar with each other. But before we get a break, how about the kids who have lost faith in the household? Do you think it could be beneficial for the mother or the father to be holding a house church? <laughs> for, uh, explain that one more time. The kids in the house for which the house church is who have lost faith, do you think it would be beneficial for the kids who have lost faith? Oh to witness such a thing. Oh, we'll sure. talk about that when we get back because kids are important, as we all know. Yes, they are. Please give us a call to tell us what you think about your church. Do you want to do house church? 1-866-34-TRUTH. 1-866-34-TRUTH. We will be right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Up until the very end Let me 
show you love, I love you too. Stick by my side even when the world is giving in. Oh, don't, don't you worry. I'll be there whenever you want me. I need somebody who can love me and my Continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back, guys, and thanks for joining in. Remember, we're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. on your radio, on our app, The Cure, and our website, GodIsTheCure.com. All shows are available <coughs> also as a video podcast or audio podcast. Just look for The Cure with Amy Cabo, whatever podcasts are, and please subscribe. This is our third song, At My Worst. One, two, three. <coughs> You're right. Three. Three is a good number. Right. By Must be your favorite song. <laughs> it's a good one okay here is the message i got from it we all have faults <clears throat> sorry guys i have a little scratchy throat i don't know why we all have faults we acquired and character flaws that we learn to correct we see past the influences that hide all the good there is within us that we should nourish and protect we all need to be loved even at our worst we know no one is perfect. God sees our best and notices our worth, for he loves us the most. I can imagine that he calls us often. He is really a friend. He wants to call us baby and show us that he loves us. There's no need to pretend he's around till the end. So when the world is caving and we feel like giving in, call on God and stay close to him. It's the only way we win. We are talking to John Stewart Hall on how to find a house church or creating a house church. And we are talking about kids because that's a very important topic to me, especially since we have kids. Mm. Like, let's say teenagers. You try to talk to them about God, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> so <laughs> let's say we create a house church. Would that be beneficial even if... It is, you know, they, they walk around and they see it and they hear it. Could it somehow sink in if it's not direct, like in an indirect way? Absolutely, yeah. I, I think that uh, the, the main thing that we want to teach our kids is how to be real. And uh, the way the system's kind of set up, uh, a, a lot of times what we see is uh, mom and dad acting some certain way on Sunday and then there's no real accountability or anything like that any any other time there's no real relationship built so they so they're they're fighting on the way into church and they're yelling at them and then they go in and they have to act a certain way and then uh, then they then they go back home and, and they go about their business a lot of times um, but I think in a house church uh, you actually get to since you're interacting with everyone, then you get to really participate. And when they see that, that everyone's talking, it, it's a way different uh, process, it's a way different mindset than sitting still and quiet and, and always having to be on your best behavior all the time. 
And uh, a lot of times at these house churches, they, the, the kids are going are getting to play, um, and, and they're, they're just doing life together. Uh, it doesn't have to be so formal. Um, uh, people share their life, they share their scriptures, you know, they yell at the kids, hey, be quiet. <laughs> you know, listen, we're, we're, we're talking about God here. And, and so then they'll come in and, and want to participate if they feel like they're part of something. But most of the time they don't feel like they're part of something. That's, that's what I feel like in it. Maybe give them barbecue sandwiches or something. Well, it's also hey, good. Hey, come on. Keep, keep their mouth full. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, it, and it's also good to see that mom and dad are not the dinosaurs, the weird ones, that there's other people, maybe young people, that think the same. And sometimes they're more likely to listen to others, unfortunately. <laughs> that can be a great support system, too, if people go through problems. and Talk about support. Can a spiritual support group involved in a house church help those who are suffering? loss, violence, or fear? Well, I mean, just, just think about it. In, in, a, in a small group, you, you form relationships where you can start sharing your heart. And, it, and it's, it's not something that is just going to be once a week. I promise you, if you start going to these small groups and you start building these relationships, when you have issues, you have someone to talk to. And if they don't know all the answers, then they've got, the, they've got more friends that they can bring in. And you'll start finding that you, that you start doing life together more often uh, than just the one time a week that, that maybe you all schedule set aside for, for house church. You will start uh, finding that these are going to be your friends, um, and these are, they, they're going to stand beside you in life. They're going to walk you through the different uh, understanding in, in the gospel. And what we hope is that, is that once you start seeing that relationship and you start living it in front of people, that it'll, that it'll grab that Jesus is the answer, and, and that if we will put our faith in him, they'll see miracles happening that they wouldn't see when they go sit in a congregational church. Now, uh, I do want to say this. Uh, the website is designed so that the congregational churches can also have their own mini-website where they can start building their own house church network. Uh, this is not a replacement of church uh, of that we, as we know it. This is, a, this is an extension of... Um, and uh, to bring us back to relational times. And right now, you know, during this pandemic, when people are struggling to find church, why not start a contingency plan and start building these uh, small house churches with your own congregation and start building relationships in there? It'll grow. Great idea. And what great relationships we to build with those who, who have the same common interest in getting to know God and seeking God because we're all sinners and we all fall short but it's it's really important and really nice and very supportive to be around others who find it just as important to have God in their lives but here's the million dollar question John and I hope you're ready for it <laughs> he trained can a novice who's never read the Bible start a house church <laughs> Um, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I believe that there should always be uh, someone who's uh, a little more seasoned uh, that could help and support that. Uh, someone who uh, did, has never read the Bible probably would not start a house church. You know, I mean, I, I just think... Uh, so it requires, the it requires reading the Bible. Or maybe you can just have a Bible. Not just knowing a lot of stories. <laughs> not just knowing a lot of stories from the Bible, but you actually have to read the whole thing. 
Well, you know, I think I think that you know uh, we can get into some some real legalistic things if we if we try to say we've got to reach a certain level before we can open our home up because really it's about relationships. And I think someone who doesn't know the Lord could absolutely say, "I'm my house is available. I want to learn more about Jesus. Is there anybody that would like to come and talk there to you me about are. that?" Perfect. You know. So anybody can do it. Just so get somebody. To you can more. still offer your home, even though you will not be the speaker because you don't know enough. That's really good to know. Absolutely, just be <laughs> honest about who you are and where you are in your walk, because there's going to be people who live in your neighborhood who are seasoned Christians. I mean, every neighborhood has Christians that we just don't know about them, and we don't know how to find them. So if someone opens up a house uh, church there and puts a sign out in the yard, I'm thinking something very simple. Maybe they pass a flyer around saying, hey, um, I, I'm opening my house up on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock for us to talk about Jesus. I don't know much about him, but I would love to start talking about him. Are there any Christians in the neighborhood sure. that would like to help, you know, to That's gather with? That's a good idea. There you are. You know, it, it's, it's about the relationship. And, uh, and I would say that... It, I probably wouldn't think that they would want to try to teach the Bible if they've never read it. Right. Uh, but there is no reason why they couldn't offer their home for a Christian gathering so that they so that they can you know help each other. Well, it's much easier to offer a home than knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I believe. And do you see any advantages to a house church as opposed to traditional church, or is it just personal preference? Uh. House church is just a model. I mean, uh, house church is a model. The traditional church is a model. It's not the model that saves us. It's about it's about building a relationship with Jesus. And I think that in small groups, there's a better chance of you uh, actually learning and growing than there is in the traditional church. Definitely. Uh, I, I love gathering at a traditional church. I go to a traditional church uh, out in Burleson, Texas. Um, and I participate in multiple places where I go and gather in small groups. Um, but it's, it's not throwing away the, the, how do you say, throwing away the baby with the bathwater. Um, I think that in conjunction, we can, we can find, uh, obviously, the, the traditional church gives us a place where we can learn more things. We can hear an inspiring message. We can worship together. Well, uh, it's, but in a, it's small a great group, supplement. It's a great supplement because the truth is you can't receive the Holy Eucharist in a home. It has to be by a priest and usually in a church. So it's a great supplement, I would say. And it, it's a great thing for those who have the inability to go to church. For example, their churches are closed or their, their, their immune system is compromised or they have medical um, conditions and it makes it, it makes it difficult for them to be around other people. So this is another opportunity to still get close to God, to still know God, because He does give you the Holy Eucharist and the Our Father when you say, give us today our daily bread, if you're not able. Anyway, I would love to hear from you. Tell us what you think about house church. Convert your home to a church. 1-866-34-TRUTH. 1-866-34-TRUTH. We will be right back. With Amy Cavill and the Cure. Dangerous plan, just this time. Stranger's hand, clutched in mine. I'll take this chance. So call me mine. I've been waiting. 
And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Hi again, and thanks for tuning in. We're live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio, our app, The Cure, and on social media. Just look for God is a Cure. Later, the show will be available as a podcast, as I said before. Just search for The Cure with Amy Cabo. Now, Amy spelled with an I and a double E. On any podcast channel and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you like us, rate us. Last song, guys. I Was Made For Loving You by Tori Kelly, Ed Sheeran. For some of us, it takes a lifetime searching for peace and trying to grow. As we realize that we're made for loving God, that's all there is to know. The rest will follow, and in us, God's seed will grow. He love, his love shines through us as we take a stranger's hand. Broken or not, it's part of God's greater plan. Christ in us will see us through when mending broken hearts is what we do, for he is omnipotent and knows the perfect time to show our very purpose that loving others is divine. In this world, we're simply passing by, so choose God's way and make it count. We face great challenges, but walk in confidence, trusting God, those of us who live in truth when we are found. We are talking to John Stuart Hill about how to stay close to God in small groups, <laughs> church house, or this thing I just learned about called trumpets. John, would you like to discuss with us the Jewish holiday, the Feast of Trumpets? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, this was uh, something uh, I, that really I, I, I love the fact that God is sovereign. His timing is perfect. And um, so a lot of us who uh, struggle with life, we're, uh, we're focused on us. Uh, but I believe that the ultimate purpose in, uh, for God is that, is that he is wanting to bring as many souls as possible into the kingdom. So he uses every situation. And uh, this was a particular uh, uh, thing that happened two months ago. Uh, the Feast of Trumpets is a Jewish holiday. Um, and I had a, a couple sh uh, show up over to the house, and they said, I feel like God is saying that he wants me to gather his people together for the Feast of Trumpets. Well, I'd, you know, I'd heard about it, but I, I'd never participated in any kind of uh, a Jewish holiday before. Uh, but immediately when they said that, uh, it, it just came into my heart that I needed to build a website, create a Facebook page, and, and push a little ad out about, you know, uh, joining us on this Feast of Trumpets thing. And so I, um, I, did, I, built, I did all that within about two hours the next morning. I quit a quick website, a quick Facebook group, and then uh, pushed it out. And we had over 1,500 around the nation on September 18th. Uh, at six o'clock p.m., we were we were sounding the shofar, which is uh, is is a ram's horn, or uh, it's called a kudu, which is another uh, animal's horn. But that is what was a trumpet in the Bible. You have it behind uh, you, right? Can you try? Can you try? Can you try? Can you show us the trumpet? <laughs> can you show us what it looks like? Now I need to make a sound. There's different ones. <laughs> this is a this is a kudu. It's a very small one. They they come up to about uh, even. Uh, almost six feet long sometimes yeah. according to what the animal they came off of but they they're real live animal horns that they turned into trumpets here's a, a ram's horn wow and what and this is an example of uh, of a smaller ram's horn that that is blown and what's and, the uh, purpose so uh, what's the purpose they gather together for 
playing the trumps? <laughs> well, there's uh, there is there was so many different things, but um, but in this particular case, it was kind of a, we like to, I like to say it that it was like announcing the king. Nice. Jesus is king. That he's and, coming uh, on the last day. There mm -hmm. will be a trumpet that blasts. Oh, and so you know. Uh, there, there are actual real uh, meanings behind every sound that comes out of it. Uh, nice. and there's a pattern that, that Jewish people follow. But in this particular case, we were just gathering together to intercede over the nation and just make a loud noise to the Lord, nice. uh, proclaiming, proclaiming Him King over our situation in our lives. And, um, and He showed up. That's all I can say. Is oh, wow. God showed up. We ended up uh, miraculously getting the, the Dallas City Hall Plaza out in Dallas, Texas, uh, this big plaza um, that is at Dallas City Hall to do our event. And we ended up having over 300 people show up. We had over 100 with their shofars sounding them. And, well, this is uh, the Jewish New Year. What I didn't know was, was, yes, it was the Jewish New Year, yeah, announcing the Jewish New Year. Um, and, but at that time... Uh, like I said, we were doing it uh, as a, just being obedient to the Lord, not really understanding exactly what we were doing. Sometimes we just have to be obedient to God, whether we understand it or not. But while we were on that property, sounding the shofar, um, and I didn't find out this until much later, uh, you know, a, a few days later, that this is actually what happened. While we were on the Dallas City Hall Plaza, sounding the shofar, um, the announcement of Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing happened. Wow. Um, now, what I didn't understand at that time was this, that Dallas City Hall was where Roe v. Wade was passed by her. Oh. <laughs> so uh, this was a prophetic marker to me, uh, not that we would ever, no one is, is happy about someone passing, but she, she was sick for a very long time. She was in her late 80s. So, I mean, she could have died six months before that. She could have died the next day. But she survived many cancers. God allowed her passing to happen right then. Do what? Well, she survived many cancers. Okay. I thought there was no way. Yes. But Absolutely. you never know. Death comes like a thief in the night. But it's prophetic in the way that there's hope for the unborn. Am I correct? That, that's correct. Um, I, you know, I did a lot of things at this right before this event that I didn't understand. Um, you know, I, I did what's called a Jericho march, and on 9-11 was seven days prior to uh, 9-18, which was the Feast of Trumpets. So on 9-11, I started my first march, and I went around that city hall plaza quietly, just like in the Bible about Jericho. And every day I would drive to downtown Dallas, which was about an hour and a, uh, and a few minutes away, and I would march around, and then I would leave. On the final day, I went around seven times on the day of the event, and I was just like, Lord, you know, I don't know. Am I just doing this, you know, because it's a kind of a cool thing to do? I, I felt led to do it, but I, 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 why am I marching? And that was my question. And I made my way back around to where I knew we were going to be setting up the event, and um, just kind of in contemplation. And I turned, and I looked up into the building. And in the window was a little sign that said, March for Our Lives. And what was amazing about that is I didn't even know what that meant. I was just like, oh, wow, cool. Is that Christian lives, I guess? Um, but what I really understood, whenever uh, the passing of, of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg happened while we were sounding the shofars, 
I believe that that is a, an indication and a, and a prophetic marker from God that the Roe v. Wade will be overturned and uh, there will be a righteous judge put in her place. I just I believe that that's what's going to happen. Um, wow. And uh, we're going to see some righteousness. Wow, and that's, that's an excellent way to end the show. What great hope. Thank you, John Stuart Hill, for being on The Cure, helping us show Thanks. our listeners how God is everywhere, and we can always stay close to Him, no matter what's going on. John can be found at findaherousechurch.com. Thank you, John. Thank you. And we'll finish with a prayer, guys. That's what we do. Prayer for God's presence. Father, we pray that you will visit us and make your presence known in our lives and in our cities. Give us faith to believe that you can change our city through prayer and through acts of love and compassion. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to cultivate your presence in our life. We choose to partner with you for transformation in our city. Help us to contend for our cities in prayers with others. Remove the distractions in our life that keep us from your presence. We repent any pride or personal idols that have taken us away from having you first place and being completely yours. Take away any lukewarmness in our hearts and set us on fire for you. We thank you for the new spiritual identity and authority you will bring into our cities as we pray and as we reach out to others. Remove the compromise and the complacency in our lives. We want to be a clean vessel, bringing light into darkness and carrying your presence wherever we go. We want to come up higher around your throne. We want to sit with you in heavenly places. We ask that your authority would impact us. You say in Jeremiah 33, 9, Then this city will bring me renowned joy, praise, and honor before all nations on earth that hear of all the good things I do for it. And they will be in awe and will tremble at the abundant prosperity and peace I provide for it. We want to worship only you. Take us deeper in our prayer life and intimacy with you. Help us to walk in your light and holiness. We want to know you more. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, O Lord. Psalm 89.15 Give us joy in your presence and help us to bring joy into the lives of others. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Psalm 1611 We want to dwell in your house and gaze on your beauty. We want to seek your face. One thing I ask of the Lord, is this what I seek? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Psalm 24, 7, 7. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you also to the, our audio producer, Beth Ann. 
as people call her truth protector for playing my songs and making my show sound good. Thanks to Robbie Delmore of Kingdom Pursuit and the Christian Car Guy shows for his guidance. And of course, thank you to all our listeners for being with us and bringing us more than 82,000 podcast downloads. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo, our app, The Cure, our website, GodIsTheCure.com, and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcast of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.